Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden, and also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan. Rachel Young, a true crime goddess. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time. They are three book girls. How's our COVID chicky today? You know, I'm slowly getting better and better. I made banana bread today. So, <gasps> so how many days was it officially that you were under the COVID spell? Um, I wouldn't say I'm 100%. Um, I still have a lot of trouble. Like when I hooked up the computer and got into my chair, I had to compose my breathing a little bit before I signed on because I can't catch my breath very well. Um, and I still have a little bit of congestion so, and I get headaches off and on, but, uh, I'm, I'm a lot better than I was, but I mean, my symptoms started on the 10th. So, Wow. That's insane. And I'm still, like I said, my breathing is probably the worst. Like I can't, I tried to take the dog for a walk. I couldn't even make it a block without getting so winded that Tom's like, we can't do this. Oh, that, <laughs> that sucks. But I hope you mend very quickly. I'm really, really pleased that you joined us today, even though, you know, you're not a hundred percent. It's been weird. My, my friend texted me and she's like, are you better? I said, I am very much ready to get back to the land of the living. <laughs> I know. I'm going to go home and I need to work out when I go home. I don't have any leftovers. Well, that's not entirely true. The the guys did bring me back just a couple of pieces of pie came you came back all by yourself on Thanksgiving. Yeah, that UTI just kicked my ass, man. I was like, you know what? I did not feel like putting on pants. <laughs> it was the pants that really got me at the end. I was like, you guys go ahead. Because because the, there were just a few people. There was my cousin and her immediate family. And Ron and Dylan went over there. You should have come to, over to Tyler's house. Then I was the only one there. You could have. You wouldn't have cared I wasn't wearing pants? I don't care. Hmm. Why would I nah. care? True. Might have gotten a little chilly. I had the back door open for the dogs. <laughs> But we could have gotten you a blanket. Okay. <laughs> I could have whipped you something up real quick. She could have crocheted wearing, you a blanket. I was wearing sweatpants, to be fair. That's pants. You know, my, um, co- my cousin Joan's really fancy, though, so you have to kind of yeah. dress up when you go over there. And I'm like, fuck, no. Joan is really sweet, though. Family? Okay, so my middle sister got to my house in the morning, right? And I had prepped a lot of food. And so my sister and I are by the island, and I have the door open, so we just have the glass door open. And she said, oh, Liz is showering. She, she'll be here in a few minutes. Up she comes up the walk. And I said, I thought you said this bitch showered. And I, we look, her hair's wet, but she's in the ugliest, like, Ugg boots, sweatpants, and a sweatshirt that don't <laughs> Her glasses, she walks in and I said, um, like, you could have at least put on jeans. She's like, I showered. That's enough. And she said... These pajamas are clean. I said, so you took off old pajamas, showered, and put on new pajamas? She goes, yeah. I do that every day. I do that all the time. That's what I do I every say, day I now. I put on yoga pants, clean yoga pants, and a clean shirt, mm-hmm. and that's how I roll. Like on Sunday when I don't leave the house, like I won't shower in the morning because I'm just like cleaning and everything else, and... And then, like, I'll feel gritty before I go to bed, so then I'll shower. Well, you have to put on new jammies when you shower. Shower and put on new clothes. That's how it works. I showered today because I didn't shower yesterday, so I was like, I should like shower before I go to the podcast. They make me wear pants when I go to remotes, though. Damn it, just rude. 
Well, I was looking for a Christmas movie to watch the other night when I was crocheting and they had no holiday movies on. So I went to Netflix and I'm like, okay, I need a comedy because usually when I crochet, I like watch cartoons or something like I've that. I've got one for you. They have Fargo in the comedy section. <laughs> in yeah. Fargo is not yeah. a funny show at so, all. So things, I'm going to chalk that up to things I can't understand. Why Fargo's in the comedy oh. section of Netflix. It's because it's a dark comedy. It's a dark comedy. And, yeah. um why some people when i was driving home from work yesterday i don't know what the hell was going on but i think somebody dropped me into a fast and the furious movie <laughs> because everybody on i-35 i'm going 75 through the city on i-35 and people are like zooming past me and like 75 is over the speed limit by like 15 miles yeah yeah hour. in the city yeah um it's only 80 miles an hour now on 35 always like that's the new apparently in <laughs> like and they were like fancy cars and shit the fast and the furious i-35 <laughs> exactly Oklahoma it's the new edition it's the, it's the new one didn't realize they were filming <laughs> <laughs> we'll just see vani's car in the in the next fast and the furious we're like we know that oh car my god that's funny what the hell <laughs> just another reason for the people to give me a hard time about my car at work because every time i come in or leave they're like when are you going to get a new car? Because my car is really loud when I start it. <laughs> Have I never noticed that? Am I normally in my car when you start your car? Probably. Maybe. We leave at different times. But when you turn my, I turn my car on, it like, it like has a, clatter oh my god why did i literally <laughs> have ron look at your car dude see but that's why it could be in fast and the furious because it just looks like a normal car like it would blend in <laughs> there's like cars with like the underside lights you know what i'm talking about like zooming around me and i'm like oh look it's christmas it's <laughs> if you need a good christmas movie holiday on netflix uh adorable i watched it, it was good i loved it, it. holiday like romantic kind of shit just makes me feel more single oh 100 yeah, percent. i was that's... on bumble watching it so like that would be an interesting study wouldn't it to see if there's a correlation between like when holiday movies start playing and how many people end up on dating apps at the i'm same sure time? it probably is it except probably i is. took myself off the dating app because it was pissing me off oh it's yeah. well the christmas movie i want to watch is like elf and national lampoon's christmas yeah Vacation the snarky and... silly well, funny this one christmas was music. this one was like yes it was romancy because it was Christmassy, but it was also like they were snarky assholes like oh yeah the whole sure. premise of the movie is like they're both tired of being single so they're just each other's permanent holiday so for like every holiday they just take each other mm. and they're kind of just it, like it, they were snarky like it was fun elf is a good one christmas oh, vacation good. yeah except for you know cousin eddie's an asshole now evidently like in real life yeah Oh, well, yeah. thanks for ruining that movie for me. Sorry. No, just ignore it. It's okay. It's like we can still read Harry Potter, even though J.K. Rowling's a trash human, because it happened before we knew they were trash human. It's been, this has been decided. Well, you know, if you're going anything off of his character on National Lampoon's Vacation, it kind of fits. it's not really that far it off. It fits. It's like Cousin Eddie 20 years later. Yeah, and but at least Cousin Eddie's like, he's not malicious. He's just dumb. Well, yeah. yeah. The, well, this guy's Jesus. You got to pull this up. I mean, the guy's insane. He's like right in front of his camera. His whole face is in front of his camera, and he's talking about some conspiracy theory bullshit. It's, so he's passionate. Okay. So I was on Plenty of Fish, 
So ugh, don't judge me there. I'm judging. I don't know if you can see the judgy eyes I'm shooting at you, but I'm I was judging. on there one time. I had to get I off know. when they matched me up with my ex-husband. <laughs> so I got matched with somebody, a guy named Ryan, right? And we went out to dinner once. And then I think we talked a little bit. And then I just ghosted him, right? And then we ended up several like a year later after I'd already graduated and like moved back home and then moved back to the city um we hooked back up again um like just reconnected right and we kind of dated for a little bit have you guys ever heard of the book the zombie survival guide yes Yes. okay it's literally in the humor section of the bookstore right yeah right yeah right well he gate he literally legit was like no this book shouldn't be in the humor section like you need to read this and just like this is some true stuff and he he like really he gave me his copy and i was like this dude is is he the is he the type of guy that if will reach in the back seat of his car and he has a bug out bag with complete with a with a portable toilet seat Probably. Well, okay. So after all that started, you know, like I said, we dated for a little bit, but then I was like, no, you're way off your nut, man. So uh, I ghost, I just ghosted him again. Right. A couple of years go by. I meet my husband. The first night that we meet, we meet in a bar because we're having a going away party for his sister. Cause she was getting ready to deploy. Uh-huh. And we're sitting at a table and I turn around and I was like, oh shit. So I turned back to my friend. And I was like, yo, creepy zombie guy's here. Cause that's what we called him. Uh-huh. And then not as soon as I had said that, maybe five minutes later, Tom spots him and is like, yo man, what's up? And I was <gasps> like, fuck. So we hightail it to the bathroom and I was like, hey, how does your brother know that guy? She's like, I don't know. Well, turns out they were roommates. Oh, oh no. <laughs> that is the best story ever, Rachel. <laughs> and Tom came back to the table and I had just met Tom. I didn't want him to think I was a horrible person because <laughs> I ghosted this guy not once, but twice. Oh, and I was like, uh, hey, how do you know that guy? And he was like, oh, Ryan. Yeah, he was my roommate. He's a nice guy. And I was like, do you know that? And he's like, no, we don't really talk a whole lot. I was like, keep it that way. <laughs> but I had to come clean because that whole time I had kept his zombie survival guide. I had thrown it in my trunk and then eventually threw it away. And then I felt bad and I had to come Tom, and he's like I said I should probably get him a new book and I so I did I bought him one and I had Tom give it to him oh my god that's funny but I, I thought Tom was totally gonna be like wow you're a bitch I don't want to talk to him or he was like you're the perfect amount of bitchiness and I need you in my life mm-hmm. well that was and clearly where Tom went with it because you know do you know that he like thinks zombies are real and he's like oh yeah he's a little weird <laughs> so at least he knows bonnie what did you read this week <laughs> yeah we, we need to transition nothing about ghosting or, or zombies, zombies. <laughs> Bummer. that's probably a good thing because october is way over that's true 
you guys are taking your headphones off. I'm like, do I have a nose whistle? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you you know, I would me. tell you if you. It was probably the same time I was creaking in my chair. It, it, mine's not creaking today. I don't know. Just that day, it was maybe it, maybe like it's I just said, in a different just, spot in the floor, so it's like yeah, level be. more level now or something. Just maybe. ate too many pieces of pie that day. Or something. <laughs> I tried cauliflower crust pizza for the first time. <gasps> you tried something new? I oh my did. god, Megan! It was good too. I like a crispy crust though so like that i'm so proud that of cauliflower her. crust pizza is like crispy i'm so proud of you for trying something new it's good my mom tried to megan trick is, me megan is a very resistant to change individual when it comes to food yes picky is what it is i was <laughs> trying to be well, nice you and you and my husband should uh really collab on a book because <laughs> well food. you know when when we have our big christmas party there will be foods here so you know, you might want to just branch out. A little. Well, because we're try- my parents and I are all trying to be healthier and we like pizza. So they were trying to pull a fast one on me, but they weren't big enough to be like, oh, it's mom's pizza. <laughs> like they couldn't, mm-hmm. like, So but I was like, it was really good. I tried one from the from that one that we bought that one day when we were at Sprouts, the sweet potato crust. That was good. Was it good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't we we bought green giant cauliflower crust in the frozen food mm. just a crust like it doesn't have all this like so you can make that's your what own. we need we need a sponsor that'll that'll send us free food samples always anytime even the picky girl likes it <laughs> wouldn't that be the best endorsement the person who eats like a five-year-old toddler even said this was good <laughs> cauliflower makes me sick to my stomach oh. really it does kind of sometimes give me some like indigestion like heart, yeah, yeah like heartburn it's because it's but a co- it's a car- cruciferous cruciferous thank you mm-hmm. i Bring knew it started with word. a z it gives me gas bubbles <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it's all right what do we got are you ready this week i read another one by fiona davis that i read a couple of weeks ago if you remember i do the lion's fifth avenue by fiona davis this is the original reason why i went on the library app to look for fiona davis because i wanted to read this book oh because the story much like her other books is a split timeline and the first timeline is in 1913 and it is about a family who lives in the library what in the metro in the new york public library the, that right, is a the, cool the freaking york library public it's so huge library on fifth avenue oh i'm jealous and when they very first built it this was not very long after they built it in 19 i can't remember when they built it like 1911 or something like that but the story takes place in 1913. They built an apartment in the library for the caretaker to live in. So he is on premise all the time. That's kind of amazing. So the family lives in the apartment at the library. And it's the, the wife, the husband, the husband's the uh, caretaker of the library and their two kids. And um, the wife, whose name is Laura, is... She's perfectly happy in her life, but she's one of those people that always wants more. She wants to understand more. She wants to learn more. So she decides to try to get into Columbia Journalism School in 1913, and she gets in. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And so she's torn between going to school and staying home and taking care of her family. But she decides that she's going to go to school because she wants... A career, And one of the things that she's afraid of is that something's going to happen to her husband and she's going to have no means to earn money. Oh, so she wants a backup career. That's she good. wants a backup career, 
which is smart. It's oh, smart yeah. to think mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. She's kind of innovative and ahead of her time to some extent in that A era. A little bit, yeah. yes. Yeah. So she goes to journalism school and she quickly finds out that they only want the couple of women who actually got into journalism school to write fluff pieces. Of course. And they don't want them to do any real journalism or to think of anything on their own. Mm. But yeah, she doesn't listen well. My and kind of character. Like, like good girls revolt. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what yep. it made me think of. Yep. And she kind of gets mixed up with this bohemian group who is very new age. They're all about, you know, women's getting equal rights and yes. about um, educating people on birth control and helping the poor class um, with child care to try to to kind of reduce the infant mortality rate in the lower class section, which nobody does. I mean, if you're lower mm-hmm. class, they're, you know. You just have to keep popping them out until you die. Right. And they don't know how to take care of them. Mm. They don't know how to stop getting pregnant. And then nobody, a lot of these immigrants have come to America when they're young and they've never been educated on how to take care of kids. Mm, that's true because they've left their family system right. from they wherever have, they came from. Yeah, that makes they sense. They have no support system yeah. in New York City. And this is in New York City, if I didn't say that before. And um, one of the women that she meets is a doctor who is part of this movement. And she is attracted to this doctor. Brown to brown Little girl on girl. Which in 1913. Very interesting. Um, But of course, you know, at the same time that she's doing this journalism and she's catching slack from her professor because she's actually writing about real things. And her husband's kind of, he's guilting her because she's not home. Mm. But not... In a way that was about normal for that age. Right. It's not like he's any more of a dick than anybody else at that time. So, But she already feels a little bit guilty already, so it doesn't really take much. And also, at the same time, her son, who's probably about 11-ish, 12-ish, something like that, starts having problems at school, hanging out with bad kids Mm. and everything else, and... You know, she kind of blames herself because she's not at home, so on and so forth. And uh, while everything else is going on, also rare books start coming up missing at the library. Oh, man. And they don't know who's taking them. Martha. Yeah, it would be me. Martha, <laughs> quit fucking stealing books. So, um, I'm the book thief. So then, of course, the first person that they accuse is the caretaker of the library because he has access all the time when the library's closed. And so there's like this whole investigation and, you know, things happen with her affair with the doctor woman and then things in the home front and it gets messy. I'm not going to go into any more details because I'd be giving away too much. Right. But, and then let's fast forward 80 years. And then in, we have the story of Sadie who was actually the granddaughter of Laura. So that's where the connection is. And she also works at the library. But she doesn't live there or anything. The apartment is now just storage. Nobody lives in the apartment anymore. 
but she's the great granddaughter of Laura, but she doesn't tell anyone because some of the rare books that came up missing were never found. And they never, it was kind of one of those things where they accused Laura, but they never found out if she did it, but she wasn't i mean she left the premises so on and so forth anyways she doesn't tell anybody that she's related and so she's working and struggling at the library she's gone through a divorce and how old is she i want to say that she's i want to say she's like late 30s she's all right she's not a young chick by any means but and she gets this wonderful opportunity to curate one of the museum's exhibits and um, she's excited and she starts, you know, trying to set everything up. And then rare books start coming up missing <gasps> again. Oh, man. And of course, you know, hot, sexy detective comes in. Oh, yeah. To try to find out. A little bit of attraction going on there. But she hasn't told anyone that she's related to the person who was accused of it in 1913, obviously. But these books are coming up missing again. So then it turns into an investigation and a mystery of what happened to the books. And at the same time, you know, she's trying to find her footing after being divorced and then meeting somebody nice. So there's just all kinds of stuff going on in this book. She finds out like some family secrets. Mm-hmm. So Fia- Fiona so Davis just likes to write a good historical mystery. She likes mm-hmm. the mysteries and she likes the split timelines. I like it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And it's very, even though I did the audio, it's very um, segmented oh. mm. so that you know what's happening in 1913 and what's happening in gotcha. 1993. Yeah. Which is a problem sometimes when you do an yeah, audio Yeah, audiobooks are really, really hard. That's why I don't like short stories because there's not enough of separation between right the different yeah. things you'll you'll be listening and all of a sudden you'll be like oh what the hell what happened? Like, where am i i don't know how i got here <laughs> i'm totally freaked out right you're now you're hitting your back 15 seconds like five times <laughs> yeah. you're yes. like how did i miss that <laughs> you're like wait i'm so confused i'm lost in this time that's true so it's did, easy to do an audio so that's good that so it doesn't good, do that the biggest question is did you love it i did i liked it um it got a little more dramatic than i like my books to be mm. But that's just me personally. I still would give it a four. It was, she's a good writer. I like her writing style. And, you know, the little speckle of romance, especially the forbidden romance, mm-hmm. is, you know, fun and exciting. And she doesn't go into so many details that, you know, you would worry about a teenager reading it or anything. Yeah. I mean, hmm. it's not too dirty. Sorry, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> but no you can't win them all right (laughs) it's it's a good one to read at work when you don't want to read something about you know his phallic shape when you don't want to read dirty billionaire ball gags and whips and yeah which i have read at work i i'll read it at work i mean i do too i just turn my phone over so people can't see the picture on my phone (laughs) (laughs) i've read them at work (laughs) but yeah it was really good i enjoyed it it was it was fun. You learn a little bit about the library system and just the idea of living in a library in an apartment yeah, in the library pretty is cool. pretty freaking yeah. cool. Just that having is. access to all of that just whenever. I mean, even if you don't want to just 
check a book out and take it to your apartment you can like go into the library and just That'd sit be down like and your read. own house full of book oh my god I'm, I'm just like salivating right now like not even a house library something the size of the new york city library that's a lot of books man with the iconic lions in the front i mean it's just <gasps> but does jake gyllenhaal ride out the end of the universe there I, I would be know. okay with that. I would be. Too. I would sit at that fireplace with him all yeah. day. But they yeah. burn the books in that movie because you're gonna but die. Just, just the bad books. <laughs> just the oh, there's a lot of romances out there. I <laughs> just the bad ones. Whoa. <laughs> I was waiting on that. I was waiting. The YA romances. <gasps> <laughs> Them fighting words. <laughs> Again, that was uh, The Lion's Fifth Avenue by Fiona Davis. And yeah, I think I think that even if you are not a historical fiction person, this would be a good read. Because yeah, because if you got the split timeline. Yeah. You got the split timeline. You got the little bit of romance. It doesn't go into too much detail about history with giving you a little information. It's education without the glazed look over your face. Hmm, that's actually... <clears throat> I I might delve into that sometime. Yeah. It actually kind of sounds like something I would like. It's a historical fiction that my dad did not recommend. Okay. Hey, that, that's a plus right there. <laughs> not his dad book. <laughs> no submarines in this one. <laughs> no airplanes. All right, Rach. Oh, Miss right. the COVID princess. Yes, thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm sure uh, she'd rather give that crown to somebody else. <laughs> no, I think that's uh, Jessica's crown anyway. Rachel's the queen. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're older than she is, so. Uh, yeah, they had to remind me of that. Sorry. Like, and 11 years older than she is. Well, I was going to say, uh, right, uh, yeah, but Jessica's, Jessica's birthday was like a couple of days ago. Friday. She just turned 25. I saw that and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, 25. Jessica's young enough to be my child. And my child. Yeah. Depending on how she early. She can be I, my little sister. She's actually younger than my youngest sister by like five years. Dang. We well, love you, Jessica. Yes, we do. <laughs> So what kind of books, uh, I know that you probably didn't get a lot of books read while you were sick, but I bet you got some in there now. I did. Um, I actually decided to read an author I've never read before. Um, her name is Karen Dion. And the book that I read is called The Wicked Sister. Her last name is D-I-O-N-N-E. Um, and this book is actually fairly new. Uh, it was published uh, August of this year, of 2020. Mm. Oh. Um, so uh, this is not her first novel, though, or anything. It's not a... But our main character in this book, which was... It's a little weird reading a book where the main character has the same name as you. <laughs> so mm. the main character's name is Rachel um, in this book. And what we learn from the synopsis, but also the opening of the book is that Rachel has chosen to lock herself or keep herself um, admitted to a psychiatric facility since the age of 11, really. Um, so when she was 11, her parents were killed. And it is, it is and has been Rachel's belief that she killed her parents 
Um, but very early on in the book, something happens that makes her question that and makes her question whether or not her decision to spend the rest of her life in a psychiatric facility is a penance worth paying. And it, I think it prompts her to ask herself questions that she's never been comfortable asking herself and to take some action to find out the truth. Mm. And this book, much like Vani's, was actually written um, in two different voices and two different times. So it's written in a, in a now chapter, which is Rachel in the present, and it's written in a then voice, which is the voice of Rachel's mother, Jenny. Oh. Um, so <laughs> you, you start to learn a lot about the family dynamics uh, in of Rachel's parents and her sister and her aunt and things that were going on um, before her birth um, and after and other things. It was a very, very compelling story. It For me, it didn't lag at all. There was always something kind of going on. Um, you know, for me, I hate sometimes when I read books and there's a lot of unnecessary garble added in there. Um, and this did not have that. It, she really just kind of got right down to the story and it was pretty fast paced. Um, and I gave it four stars. I really liked it. So, and it touched a lot on, um, you know, I'm not a parent, but it kind of made, it brought up the question of what would you do if this was something going on with your child? And I'm not going to say what it is. Um, Rachel does have a sibling um, and her sibling is talked about and there's a lot of things that have have sort of gone on. Um, So it makes you kind of ask, you know, how do I best take care of my kids, especially when I have more than one, um, you know, and they have different needs or, you know, just different things like that and kind of following Rachel's journey of realizing because she had kept herself in this psychiatric hospital as her own penance. And, um, because when the story opens, she is 26. She's not 11 anymore. Oh, so she she's said, been... Wow. She's been That's in a long while. time. Yep. She has been in this facility. And obviously, when she was younger, um, family elected, I think, to keep her there. But once she was 18, she decided to stay based off of what she thought she had done. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's a... There's not really any romance in this at all. So if if that's not your thing, you're pretty safe with that. (laughs) Um, So there is a little bit, if you don't like some descriptions of animal death or different things, I would say this is maybe not for you. But um, so, but I gave it four stars. I liked it. And it, it was really good. I read it in like a day and a half or something. Um, and so again, that's called The Wicked Sister by Karen Dion. Awesome. Nice. I was coloring. <laughs> Jesus. I've, I've been coloring so much. I, w- I colored 10 pictures yesterday. Did oh. you? I did because everybody was, at, or was it yesterday or day before? When everybody else was gone for Thanksgiving Day, you I colored? just sat and listened to books and colored all day long. I, I read like three books in the last four days. Dang. All right. So this week I read A Study in Charlotte by Brittany 
Cavallero. And I had seen this. This had been recommended to me multiple times from various people. And it was one that I was like, oh, I don't know. But then I was like, yeah, I need to read this. And I found it fairly inexpensively, which made it nice. So this book is set in a world where Sherlock Holmes and Watson are real people. They are not just uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's characters. Now, the books still exist. His stories still exist because he wrote them about the real people. But they're based on real people and not just fictional characters. So they they do exist. And we are meeting the great, great, great granddaughter of Sherlock. Well, that would mean Sherlock would actually have to get with somebody which is also interesting because he was such a quirky guy he was very quirky but if it's Benedict Cumberbatch in real life then hey well yeah you know so we're meeting his three times great-granddaughter and her name is Charlotte Holmes they study in Charlotte so there you go and she is at a boarding school in Connecticut and she is definitely very much Sherlocky when you start to so she's quirky too she's super quirky she doesn't have a lot of friends. She has her own like science lab in the science department. No one really talks to her. She's just Sherlock's great, great, great granddaughter. And then Watson's three times great grandson. Oh, I know, right? Ends God. up. <laughs> I just rolled my eyes back so hard. Oh, <laughs> so Jamie Watson. Ends up with a full ride rugby scholarship to the Connecticut, <laughs> to the Connecticut prep school. This could be like a Disney teen movie. It would be so good. Please make this happen. Pretty, pretty, please. And it's only an hour away from his father, who he is estranged from. He lives with his mother in England until he gets the scholarship to come. So he's foreign, a rugby champion. I mean, the picture in my head of him is amazing. (laughs) In Connecticut. This is definitely a freaking Disney movie. This is, I love it. I loved it. It was amazing. Um, And of course, as soon as there's a Watson and a Sherlock at the school, all of their friends keep trying to put them together. Obviously. Because they're like, you're Watson. She's Sherlock. Like this, you have, you have to. Like it's a law somewhere in the world. Like you have to be at least friends and they're all kind of like. It's like peanut butter and jelly. I don't care if you don't like it. Put it together. Exactly. So then everyone keeps trying to put them together. They keep kind of crossing paths and somebody on campus gets murdered. Of course they do. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) And it forces them because in true Sherlock fashion, she can't leave it the hell alone because Mm -hmm. there's things that connect to her in way like there's bits that kind of go back to the the history of sherlock of the murder like in the murder itself yes like the investigation of the murder yes there's things that tie tentacles that tie her i'm not trying to spoil i know so i'm trying to like there's things that you learn pretty early on that kind of make you go hmm like something's up here because, of course, she sees it, but, like, the detective is too stupid to see it. Like, very Sherlock of, like, well, you fool. Mm-hmm. It was right here. Or, like, and you... Sit. Remember that song, Things That Make You Go, hmm? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Exactly. And so she can't leave well enough a hell alone. And so, of course, then Watson's trying to keep her out of trouble. Because that's what Watson does. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of start to have this friendship... 
and start working this case together outside of the scope of the police because they can solve it there better than the police, right? And it's just then things... There's some explosions on campus. Martha's eye rolls. I wish you all could see them right now. Uh, there, there's some, some, a lot of things going on in this story. And I loved every minute of it. And I need to get the rest of the books. Maybe I'll put that on like my... That sounds like a Christmas wish list yeah, item. I, yeah. That or a birthday wish list. I don't know which. Um, I keep forgetting to look for them when I go into half price books because I have so many things I need and I just forget that one but it was so fun I loved it and I was so glad I finally picked it up but I also just love anything Sherlock related partially because I'm obsessed with the BBC version of Sherlock but also because it's British and I'm here for it but it was just so fun and I really liked it and just the adventure and there are times where you sit back and you're like really like the 16 year old figured this out but like the adult detective couldn't figure it out <laughs> but that's also very sherlock you're right it is. that's yeah. very true to the sherlock family like storyline so to speak of <laughs> sherlock walks into the room and is like i see 15 things that the detective's too stupid to see so it's very she's very arrogant in that same way of hmm. i can see it why can't you or I saw it, you missed it, so now I get to go run with it and leave you behind. And it's just fun to watch their relationship kind of go from, we don't want to keep being our our lineage, like we don't want to be Watson and I don't want to be Sherlock, to them having to work together and figure out what's going on on campus and how to keep it all together. So it was really fun. Awesome. I highly recommend it. I think I only, I don't remember if I gave it four or five stars on Goodreads, but I gave it five stars. Awesome. I loved it. I had a lot of fun with it. I need to read the rest. And don't look at Martha's eye rolls. If you like YA and Sherlock, this is your book. <laughs> with, of course, a little bit of... I love your confidence, Megan. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> and that's A Study in Charlotte by Brittany Cavallero. All right. I read a book from an author that I already love. It's a dark, dark, dark book. But it's also a uh, Norwegian in translation book from an author named Joe Nesbo. It's spelled N-E-S-B-O, Nesbo, for those of us who are obviously Americans. But it's called The Kingdom. And I was really intrigued because I, I like his detective, Harry Hole, who is the, the type of character that's very flawed and grumpy and all that. But this is a standalone. And I was so sucked in. I absolutely love this book. I only gave it four stars, but I'm kind of thinking about bumping it up to a five the more I thought about it, because it's one of those books that after I finished reading it, I, I'm still thinking about it. What was the name of it? It was called The Kingdom. The Kingdom. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I missed that. Um, it starts out as it's about two brothers, one, uh, one of which is he's kind of a pretty boy and his his I think his older brother? No, his younger brother. Anyway, one of them's kind of really super good looking and the other one is kind of not. It starts with some super disturbing. It's very disturbing and very dark. Don't go there if you are not, if you're freaked out by anything like, oh, let's see what was in this. Um, there was some incest. There was some death of animals. There was some murder. There was 
pretty much everything you could possibly imagine. So if you book. have any kind of soul at all. Basically, yeah. But you don't, so nope. you loved it. I did. <laughs> it was very, very dark. But it, it, it really had, I don't know, I think the thing that made it so good is the fact that the characters were so well developed. He and his brother are just basically opposites. And his brother is kind of a wimp when it comes to getting things done. And he always has to take care of his brother. He takes care of his brother in in the most frightening ways you could possibly imagine. But there are some mysteries there that you don't really know exactly what's happening. And it, it, it just drives you crazy trying to figure out, okay, what exactly happened between his brother and their dad? You know, what exactly happened to their parents? Because their parents... Died. They drove off this cliff that's right by their house, and their car is at the bottom of the cliff. And they had to like rappel down and get their parents' bodies and all this stuff. And this happened when they were teenagers. And there's the detective who always kind of thought that something was not quite right about that. And then that detective dies, and his son takes over. And then once the boys are grown, the younger brother had left. Um, the nor- little Norwegian tra- town that they lived in, and he like suddenly comes back and brings his wife with him. Well, the brother is a very charismatic guy, and you kind of get this snake oil salesman feel from mm-hmm. from the guy. Mm-hmm. Like like you know he's up to something, but you're not quite sure what it is. And he wants to build this grand hotel and he's trying to get investors and he's doing all this stuff. And oh my gosh, it is just so good. I, I, I don't want to spoil it, but there are, there are so many things that go on within this book. The character of the brother who stayed there is an, oh, he's such a good character. When he was a young boy, he ends up having an affair with an older married woman. Hard for me to explain, but what I will say is that the story, I absolutely could not stop reading this book. From the very first paragraph until the very end, I was completely sucked in and completely focused on this book. I could not stop reading it. It had everything you could possibly want in a mystery novel, plus... It was so disturbing, like a lot of these Norwegian novels are. They're just so dark, especially from this particular author. Extremely dark and chilling. So um, if you're interested in that sort of thing, you're going to love this. It's a standalone novel, so it's not related to his past uh, detective novels. It's a standalone, and it's called The Kingdom by Joe Nesbo. Sounds really interesting. Oh my gosh! For you, for you to get that sucked in, oh, I is was impressive. Totally, I was there for it from the very first paragraph. It was so good. You Plus, put- the dude had a Norwegian accent, and that always helps too. Yeah, you've read other. I have books by but, him that yes. you've loved. Yeah, I have. Yeah, a bunch of. Yeah, I've I've read all of his other books, and I did love them all. But this one is class of its own. Yep, this one. I have to say, I like this one better than I like all the other ones. Wow. Well, see, and I've been wanting to read this author, but I'm not into like a ser- a detective series thing. Yeah, right? this one That's was why, 
Right. And that's why I yep. didn't want to go into the Harry Hole series. And so this, A, I love dark and I've been wanting to read this author. So I, I was only going to give it four stars because I kept thinking, I bet I just like this because I like his writing style. I bet I'm being too generous. And the more I talk about it and the more I think about it, I'm like, fuck it. It's getting five stars. I love this book. It was so super entertaining on every level. It was only 400 and some odd pages. And if you like audio and you dig yourself a Norwegian accent, <laughs> there you go. I'm just win, amazed win, win. it was a, that you gave a five star. Well, I do occasionally give them. They're very coveted, though. This is getting five. For me, it was a five. It's not going to be a five for everybody, but for me, it was a five. Hey, that's all that matters is that you think it's a five. Bumping that baby up. So overall, a good reading week for all of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a hard time deciding what I wanted to review. I read so many good books. There was one that I was thinking of reviewing, and then I thought I had already done it. And so that's why I switched it up. But I was going to do astrophysics today, damn it. Yeah, you keep pushing that astrophysics. Yeah, you could wait a while for that. <laughs> You know what would be a great you know, time for that? You know next the glazed week, over not... look yeah. that you get when I start talking about war? That's me when you start talking about astrophysics. Oh. You know what next week when I'm not here, you can do that book. You know what? I think maybe I'll just give that a pass until the end of the year and then just mention the title. So if anybody wants to read it, they can. I feel like at this did, point it's you've in hinted the nonfiction, about it. It's in the nonfiction um, Goodreads final. Has- I'm going to start reading one, It's, um, but it's not out yet. And so I hesitated uh, if I wanted to do it or not, because you can't. the only way you can get it is an advanced copy or book of the month has it. But I, I think I'll probably do it. Cool. Maybe what, next week. What's that? Um, it's called Pretty Little Wife. Oh, that it's does a, not sound like a me book. <laughs> no, it is actually. It's It's like a dark thriller. Oh, okay. Mm. Well, I was going to do Ready Player Two, but I decided against it. I think I'm going to let Megan have that one. I think you'll like it more than I will. The blurb on the front of Pretty Little Wife says there's more than one way to get divorced. Nice. Marriage or something like that. (laughs) So I was like, sold. Sold. Yeah, I'll probably read Ready Player Two this coming out. I had no idea there was a sequel to that coming out. Yeah, I was really excited about it. But you're not now? I thought you liked Ready Player One. I did. I have a sequel issue. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I kind of, yeah. yeah. It picks up exactly where the other one left off. Oh, see, really? I love that. Exactly. I don't have any desire to read it, so you don't have to worry about me, Megan. Yeah. Okay, now I'm going to have to bump it. Sorry, Ken Follett, you got to get bumped for Ready Player Two. Well, I read Ken the Follett first book. Are you wearing Ready one? I was going to read it. the Buddy Read one. Oh, we well, got still, a lot of people on the bus. You still read. have time. You haven't read any of Not it yet. Not for the halfway. She doesn't. No, oh. I have to do the end, the the fin- final call. Oh well, if you haven't started, it, you're not going to make it to halfway. Yeah, no. no. Don't forget, guys. Uh, Bonnie's buddy read is coming up. We're excited about. It. There are so many people in the tribe that are so into this book, Bonnie. 
Well, I told everybody that it was good and they just didn't listen to me until I finally convinced a couple of people. I think it's because Rachel's reading it. It's not because no. I wanted it. It's because Rachel said, oh, oh, I'll read it. And they're like, well, if Rachel's doing it. No, no. but they're all like, it's like they're giving you the all haircut. the credit. No, they're like, no, they no, all they're like, are talking they're about like Bonnie. You've been talking about Ken Follett forever. Mm-hmm. And they started, they started reading it and they're totally hooked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's one my of those... Rachel had a book hangover. Like she talked about it on the call last night. I have a book hangover every time I read one of his She was books. like, I have to go it read was... a brain candy because like I have such a book hangover and I can't get past the Ken Follett book. So she's Whenever finished Whenever I it. read Ken Follett, even when I read him, Ken Follett, even when I read him a second time, I can't read anything like for a couple of days after I read him because everything, it's just subpar to Ken Follett. <laughs> Okay, maybe that's exaggerating a little bit, but I love his books. <laughs> People are excited. I won't. I won't make the halfway point because I haven't even cracked the book open. Well, you so can. the half. The reason we're doing such a long, drawn out one on this is because it's a big book. Right. I did the audio, and the audio is like what, like thirty six hours, thirty five hours, something like that. Yeah, it's long. It's, it's almost yeah. a thousand page book. It's yeah, a big. It's, it's a big one. I mean, I've already read it one and a half times. But... Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I the love ha- your when passion. is the halfway call for this? <laughs> that so, is on Tuesday. Oh, okay. on the first, right? On the first. On the first. What at is seven thirty? Fifty percent. You know, hey, I'm bad at math. <laughs> I don't know. I think we're just going to have to play it by ear so and just nine hundred divided by two would be. 450 ish 450 400 500 something like that what's happening at 400 or 500 pages because i'm gonna have to rein myself back yep actually that works out perfect because chapter 19 starts on page 400 there you go perfect so up to chapter 19 well i got some reading to do i'm super excited for you to read um the world without end i so want to know what you think about that book it's on my shelf. I uh, I want I'm, to discuss uh, that. <laughs> well, you can have that for another buddy read. Tell people about this one some more so that they can be sure to join you for yeah. it. And for anyone who wants to join us for the buddy read, it is going to be on Tuesday at 730. And we will be reading or talking about Ken Follett's newest book to Pillars of the Earth called The Evening and the Morning. And we will be doing up to chapter 19. So read through chapter 18 and then stop. We'll have the Zoom call posted on the uh, Facebook tribe, Three Book Girls Facebook tribe. Mm -hmm. And everybody can join at 7 o'clock on Tuesday night. 7.30. 7.30 on Tuesday night. Yes. And if you're not a member of the tribe, just send in a request so that you can join and talk some books, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about my man, Ken Follett. Oh, yeah, the Silver Fox. No, that's Anderson Cooper. No, her Silver Fox is Ken Follett. Mm, fair enough. He's been happily married for like 40 years or something. Right. And I just to the book itself, like I have the... the Jesus, that thing's a doorstop. It is, yeah. but... And I like to take the dust jacket off. I don't like them on a hardcover, but this book is just, it's so beautiful to me. The spine of it. It's It's so so pretty. I haven't even looked at mine yet. It's beautiful. It looks like an old school, like book. (laughs) Well, I got to say that guys now I don't follow my own rule all the time. 
You know, when I say if I really love a book and I, I listen to it and it's a debut, then I buy a copy for my shelf. I don't follow my own rule. And you know what happened? It bit you in the ass. It bit me in the ass. I went looking for a first edition of a book that I talked about a while back just because I was like, oh my gosh, I never did get that. And you know how much it's worth now? Uh, how much? 600 and some dollars That's for the what first. Book what book is it? It's called Children of Time by Adrian Tchaikowski. Why the hell is it worth $600? Because it's his first and it's a first. Buy those debut authors, you guys. Hmm. I don't keep my books. <sighs> I use, I don't a lot. I keep some, but not a lot of them. If you, if you find that book, I'm talking to all y'all. For $600? No, if you find a copy of it at like Half Price Books or something like that, find them at the Goodwill I'll or you find them. My, you, what's the name of it again? It's called Children of Time by Adrian Chavowski. It's the one about the, remember the planet where it has the spiders on it? Oh, Remember yeah. the intelligent spiders and whatnot? Yes. Oh, yeah. That was so I good. don't want to talk about it again, though. Oh, sorry. Spiders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, find me that copy of that book, man. Somebody, somebody somewhere got rid of it at Goodwill. And at that that's mine. I need it. The next time I want to take my life in my hands on I-35, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll see if I can find that. <laughs> yeah, be on the lookout for that bad boy. I'm wanting it. That's what I want for Christmas. The I mean, I feel like whenever you drive on any Oklahoma or Texas road, you're automatically taking your life in your hands because people here drive like fucking maniacs. Yes, I know. I have to drive the interstates every day to get it's back awful. home back and forth to work and when they had that construction going on oh god i swear to god every time i went home i thought i was gonna die that's like fury road or something you know like 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 mad max oh mad max yeah even on the way here tonight there was one time and you know they had like the lanes closed and stuff and you know i'm driving it's going slow (laughs) it's like i'm right you know guy in front of me you know putting along all of a sudden this fucking suv like comes this like tiny penis man in this big truck the t-rex <laughs> in this <laughs> jacked up blazer or whatever the hell it was i think he like came in from like the cones <laughs> and like almost like sideswiped me to get in front of me and i'm like holy shit where did he come from <laughs> I had a couple like that today, yeah, like driving Lord. over here. And I was like, I'm one of the people going 80 and y'all are passing me. What the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. <sighs> I think the world just isn't scary enough for those people. They need to add a little, they need to ramp it up. Apparently. I mean, there's a, there's a pandemic on. All I'm saying you know? is they need to do some audiobooks in their car because that calmed down my road rage a lot. Maybe that's what we need to do. We need to hand out free audiobooks to all those guys in those big trucks. Need to give them the the zombie survivor guide audio version for them to listen to. There we go. There you go. We Rachel, that's a great idea. Oh, just when we need more conspiracy theorists, <laughs> L- listening to zombie books. Yeah, those guys don't need any help. That's being very true. freaky, you know, because those guns, you'd, you have to be a little bit worried about those guys with those guns thinking zombies are real. We'd be in big trouble. Ugh. I mean, there could very well be zombies. Door. Who is at my door? It's like, what are we doing? <laughs> 
Oh my God! We're gonna see a murder live on Zoom. <laughs> no, it's just answer the door, Rachel. I know it was your sister. <laughs> it's you know what that little bitch, and I hope she hears me. So I called her earlier, and she didn't answer. And then she texts me, "You called," and so I called her back. Dialed the number. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I called you because I didn't want to text you." And she's like, "What?" I was like, "Do you want to come over?" tomorrow and i was like well i'm making banana bread and your favorite hash brown casserole and she's like i'll be over later and i was like an asshole (laughs) and then she freaking shows up and makes the dog bark during the podcast and she's 20 minutes early oh man i think your sisters together are like my younger sister because telling you she bugged the shit out of me so i had to push her around when we were little and then she never let me live that down every time i text her she calls me back it's like man i'm eating pie and watching porn i'm watching fargo why the hell are you calling me right now not watching porn (laughs) pie and porn go together don't you know that american pie haven't you seen american pie it has to be warm pie. It, it wasn't apple. It was pumpkin. Okay, and on that oh, note, happy Thanksgiving. That's going to do it for Three, three book, book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.